Today on City Wrestling Radio, MJF and Adam Cole weren't the only two working twice at AEW All In. Uh, we're going to go through the entire card, and we're also going to say goodbye to Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. All that and more today on City Wrestling Radio. Yowie wowie! Hello and welcome back to another wonderful episode of City Wrestling Radio, August 29th, 2023. I'm your host, Corey Smith, being joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Jose Osguera. How are you today, sir? Uh, honestly, I am exhausted, but in a good way. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, I'm well, so satisfied. Uh, it's I, I can't. Let's go with the show. Let's <laughs> we'll go with the show because, I mean... We might as well just get it over with now because next week we got a lot more stuff coming ahead of us and we're going to get into all of that coming up. But AEW, all in. What did you think of the show, Jose? Uh, Chef's kiss of a show, man. Um, Fun. That's all I could say. Super fun. Um, Stories were told without with minimal microphones. I love that. Absolutely. I love that about AEW. Um, It's a good show. I I I mean, very much. They did have the mic turned up ringside. There was a lot. There was a lot of things that happened where people were just screaming at each other. I'm like, that mic is turned way up or really, Uh, really close. Yeah. Uh, You know, with MJF yelling, even uh, Soraya's mom, Soraya yelling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, no, I mean, I thought it was a great show, too. I mean, they packed, what, 81,035 into the Wembley Stadium. Uh, I mean, you're still going to have the tribalistic uh, WWE fans still calling out that parts of the uh, arena were tarped off. There was no hiding that. But, I mean, the stadium was uh, meant to hold 90,000 people. Exactly. All together. Tony Khan has the numbers to prove it. He has. So, I mean, um, I mean, yeah. So I thought it was a great show. But, I mean coming out of it we're going into next week all in we're going to see how successful that show is going to be coming off the heels of this one it's just going to feel like a, um, a second rate show it's going to feel like a thunder compared to a nitro a smackdown to a raw there should have um, been a four-week break Ugh. a rampage to a dynamite you know yeah or even now a collision to a dynamite I'm yeah do you think this was thrown together last minute where they just kind of had to fit it in somewhere so they fit it in there well, I heard something about Tony Khan wanting to do it on because I guess this weekend was a bank holiday in London or Europe. Uh, then next weekend, you know, was it Labor Day in the, mm-hmm. the States? Uh, I, can't mm-hmm. remember if it, I always get that Memorial Day confused. But um, so I heard he wanted to do it for both holidays, but it just to plan it this year and then to next year, plan it again, the same back to back, you know, confirming that he wanted to do it back to back again. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But I mean, the numbers don't lie right now. You know what I mean? What, what, what's my opinion at that point, but is this sustainable year after year? No, 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 no. It remains to be seen. I mean, it's going to be wear and tear on the fan, man. We can't do this. Yeah. I mean, I would think like an all in, in different parts of the world would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's get things started. Uh, because there was some, uh, well, it was another brawl, uh, not, not brawl out. We're brawling in another CM Punk fight backstage at AEW all in. I want to start things off with this because there was a reported confrontation between the MTV real world champion CM Punk and former (laughs) boy from the jungle, Jack Perry, uh, during Perry's match with hook, there was a spot when Perry slammed hook onto the windshield of, I believe it was a limousine. I did miss yeah. that. Yeah. And then proceeded to look into the camera and say, that was real glass. Cry me a river. And uh, this led to a confrontation between Punk and Perry backstage. Um, there are multiple sides of the story as other, uh, you know, as there are with other Punk fights that have happened in the past. Uh, so, I mean, Punk's side of the story, or at least what Punk's camp is saying. Okay. Um, he's saying that Perry approached Punk. Okay. Uh, he bumped him. I don't know if that was like a shoulder check or like a bump yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it was and, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder check. Yeah. And that yeah. that led to Punk shoving uh, Perry and then eventually choking Perry. So that's that's what Punk's side is saying. 
<laughs> other accounts uh, approached other accounts say, are saying that punk approached Perry uh, words were exchanged punk through the first punch. Now that is a similar story to what happened, or at least the allegations made at AEW all out 2022, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the elite saying at least some people saying that um, punk through the first punch. And then grabbed uh, eventually punk grabbed a front face lock uh, on Perry before it was all broken up. Uh, Khan did mention the altercation in the post show media scrum saying there will be an investigation into the matter. But according to Brian Alvarez of WrestlingObserver.com, both men uh, have been suspended until the results of the investigation have been revealed, uh, which which is expected to happen after All Out in Chicago. Uh, I mean, Jose, what do what do you think of this this fight? This no way. Okay. Confrontation. Okay. Yeah, there's also a third option, right? So there's one story, second story. There's a third option. We're all getting worked our asses off, right? So there's that possibility. But let's say this is this is shoot, and they really got into it. I'm I'm putting my eggs in story number two on other accounts. My best guess is that Punk is just it's short fused. Uh, gets offended really easy and needs to take a chill pill because every yeah. time someone says anything about him, he, he gets offended. Wait, 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 you got to say something, kid. I just don't see a reason why uh, Jack Perry is going to just walk up and see him punk and, and shoulder check him. Okay, well, here, here's the thing. This is coming from uh, reports weeks ago of, you know, uh, 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 something happening between Hook and Jack Perry. I guess no, Jack no, Perry no was kid. said to, yeah, he wanted to use real glass. Mm-hmm. And, but even Tony Schiavone was like, this is dangerous. We shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and they nixed it. And that's what led to, I guess, Perry on TV saying this. I mean, if they're leading to some sort of AEW roster versus Team CM Punk, mm-hmm. I mean, I can see that. And yeah. I was actually thinking about this. Because you are seeing a lot of people calling him the real world champion. Then you're seeing other people calling him the self-proclaimed real world champion. Or mm-hmm. he's calling him the self. So what if there is a split? What if there is some sort of like, well, we think Punk is our champion. But we think, you know, Punk isn't really the champion. MJF is the champion. Yeah. yeah. You know, what if there's some great debate? What if that is the overall arching storyline of Punk? And that could be. Uh, because I mean, there are some more reports that come out of AEW, uh, with CM Punk at Wembley stadium, Mm -hmm. uh, according to a report by Nick Hausman, uh, when CM Punk arrived in London, apparently there was nobody representing AEW to pick him up at the airport. Yeah. And, uh, and punk, this is according to reports. Punk was given, Mm -hmm. punk was given a number for a car service, but when he texted, the message bounced back as undeliverable. Uh, after not being able to contact the higher ups within the company, Punk decided to take a train to the hotel, but in the process got lost for several hours and had to rely on fans to get him where he needed to be. So, I mean, hey, that can be another thing playing into that storyline. Like, you know what totally I mean? Totally, like, because he totally uh, curtain jerked it and he and was on time and dressed. It wasn't, he wasn't late. Well, I mean, I it sounds like a big ordeal. It sounds like it, a bigger ordeal than it was. Internationally, probably was there. Probably arrived the day before. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, but I mean, this whole CM Punk thing—it's it, going back a year now. They haven't done the CM Punk elite thing, you know, yet. Uh, that doesn't seem to be forming into a storyline. Whether that was dropped, whether that actually was just a real thing and just CM Punk being, you know, an asshole, the elite being an assholes to him, vice versa, you know, I don't know where it's going, man. Like it was a CM Punk versus Jack Perry. Like why? Yeah. yeah. You know, like why, why, why would we want to watch that? I mean, it would be okay. Sure. We would, if they were mm-hmm. like tonight, it's Jack Perry versus CM Punk. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. But what, what are you building this feud over to be backstage? This is kind of Vince Russo-y is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So I, I don't um, know. We'll see, I guess. Um, yeah. if, but, but if this all turns out to be real, holy crap. Right? Um, I say holy crap just because 
for some reason AEW always gets his backstage politics conflated. Is that yeah. the right word? Um, and people are always taking the side. Uh, well, okay, let, let's say this: they're less critical of WWE backstage shenanigans as opposed to AEW. Every time there's a little bit of noise in AEW of somebody not agreeing or something, you know, discussion being had. It gets blown up. Oh, the locker room's in shambles. What are they going to do? They're going to fucking collapse. Come on. Well, I do also think it's more of WWE has been through these things and they handled these things years ago. You know, right. They, they did, they handled this probably in the attitude era in the ruthless aggression era. They're probably handling stuff even today, but they're a bigger company and I'm sure they're able to squash the beef, you know, even faster. Right. And they're wow. the, you know, they're the, the big, uh, the big leagues, let's just call it what it is, right? That, that, that is the major leagues of professional wrestling. And once you make it to the majors, uh, you try your best to stay there. Yeah. I, I mean, it remains to be seen what happens with CM Punk. Uh, but wow, it's just, seems like we're getting more and more every week or not every week, but you know, every couple of weeks of yeah, yeah. some sort of backstage yeah. some, stuff. Something's always so, coming up with him. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I let's get, work. I hope it's work. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to like CM Punk. I do. I just, yeah, yeah. I used to love the guy. Uh, just now it's just, I don't know. I guess he stands for good things, but at the same time, uh, yeah, these uh, reports are just kind of like making me go, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, we can start things off with the, uh, buy-in, uh, before all in 2023 kicked off. We started with the buy-in the first match, MJF and Adam Cole defeating Aussie open for the ring of honor tag team championships. So, Ozzy open, uh, they kind of seized an early advantage during the entrances, catching MJF and Cole off guard up the ramp. Uh, this was, uh, this is a relatively short match, but MJF hit the, eventually hit the kangaroo kick on Ozzy open, which wasn't what I expected. You know, I, I don't know what I was expecting. It was more mm -hmm. of a drop kick than a kangaroo kick. Mm -hmm. Um, they well, hit the double hole. <laughs> That's I'm, true. I'm That's true. Kangaroo. You. Um, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. There you go. Uh, they hit the double clothesline on Kyle Fletcher for Adam Cole to secure the pin and the win and the ROH tag team titles. Mm. Uh, this was rather unexpected, uh, at least from my end. There was no, you know, tomfoolery. No man tried to get the advantage on the other guy for later in the night. No storyline was kind of advanced, uh, except for, I guess, the one that nobody was expecting, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was expecting it, to be honest. Uh, okay okay well what were your thoughts <laughs> on this match okay well I, I saw it coming a mile away because this actually continues the story of the the brochachos or the bromance um now they have these titles that they have to defend and they have to be a team to continue that oh you know what's funny too they're the roh tag team title champions so mm -hmm. mjf and adam cole are gonna have to show up on our on ring of honor Mm -hmm. TV to defend these titles. They're going to get in a feud with the, you know, Dalton Castle or the boys, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even know any other yeah, ring of yeah, honor. Yeah, tag yeah. Team, you know, <laughs> I watched too much wrestling as it is. Uh, then we had the uh, aforementioned uh, hook defeating Jack Perry to regain the FTW title. Uh, Perry rode to the ring in a limousine uh, hook meeting him up the entrance ramp. Uh, Perry dominated early with the limo top. A suplex and an RVD rolling thunder on the hood of the car. Perry did taunt CM Punk. That's at that point uh, leading to the backstage altercation. Eventually hook secured the red, the secured the victory locking in the red rum. I, I thought this was, uh, it was a decent match. I mean, hook, uh, I think hook looks really good. I mean, yeah. he, he needs to add a little bit of weight to him. I think he's kind of, kind of skinny, kind of small. Cruiser um, weighty. <laughs> right now he can dominate. Maybe he could win the TNT title eventually, mm -hmm. but, uh, and it would be an uphill battle for him, but I think he should add on a little bit of muscle kind of, uh, how will Osprey did, you know, yeah. Will Osprey's how, kind of I killed mean, that a little bit. Yeah. How old is this kid? Uh, hook, I would say yeah, early under 25. 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Plenty of time. You yeah. just mature and you just get thick out of nowhere. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think of, uh, hook in this match hey man so far this is turning out to be not just a buy-in but a legit part of the pay-per-view uh or the premium event um I'm, I'm buying everything these guys are selling I'm, I'm that rolling thunder oh beautiful yeah i don't Good know match. what's up 
I don't know what's up with uh, Tony Khan and his uh, casino puns and his his love of casino. Like he loves the casino. Like everything he does is like a buy in, a casino battle royal. Like the Joker. Yeah, it's just like uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I'm again worried about him. He could have a gambling problem. Maybe, I'm, maybe. I might have to have him call one eight hundred Gambler. There you go. You know what I mean? Shout out to one eight hundred Gambler, helping people through your gambling addiction. No, it's not a joke. Just the numbers, funny because it makes me think of uh, was it Kenny Rogers? Gotta know when to hold him. The gambler. Uh, then we officially kick things off. AEW all in with Samoa Joe, or sorry, CM Punk, uh, defending his uh, real world championship against Samoa Joe. Um. So, like I said, it was billed as the real world champion, uh, but coming from him or graphic and quotations, I think that's okay. But coming from the announcers, like the announcer called him the real world champion, unless it's going into that storyline we were talking about, uh, they should be, it should be self-proclaimed just yeah. saying, cause he's not really the champion. Yeah. Like, let's be real. They, they do do a good job of going over the history of that, how, oh, he's never lost it. He's got injured and he got stripped of the title. So I'm, you know, big up for that. At least they're doing that. Yeah. They could totally uh, ignore history and just, you know, a la WWE. Well, I mean, him coming back just without the title and like, hey, dude, you're not the champion. You can try to beat a champion. We can give you a title match again. Yeah. You know, but uh, the match started slow with the two trading uh, a lot of headlocks. Joe, uh, Joe then uh, kind of paid homage. I felt to Sami Zayn. Did did you catch this part, or was it they just said me? they they said, "Oh, uh, that's uh, shades of El Generico." Okay, yeah, because he he was trying to have the crowd do the ole 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 mm-hmm. ole, mm-hmm. and then he went to do the haluva kick on um, on Punk in the corner. Uh, eventually, he did, uh, he did the Generico bomb. Exactly. Was yeah. it coming off? Was that when? Uh, uh, Punk was coming off the top rope or coming off the Hurricane Rana. I think so. Yeah, when he came off yeah, the Hurricane yeah, yeah. Rana, then he uh, slammed him into the bottom of the announcer's table, which was like just one big piece of plywood that just came off. You know, <laughs> Dude, it was it was like cardboard. <laughs> and then Punk comes out, and this guy is sliced Oof, open. Yeah, it was dark in there. You can see what he was doing. Well, you. <laughs> It's not like was it uh, who was it like Eddie Guerrero back in the day when he nixed his uh, vein up here and it was just like squirting mm-hmm. blood. Yeah. That was bad. This was just it was a lot of blood. Uh, at one point, he's dripping blood when he's hanging over the ropes, but mm-hmm. not Eddie Guerrero bad squirting. Um, like I said, uh, both these men's paying tribute, I guess, to other wrestlers. Punk getting mm-hmm. heat for doing the Cena spot. Joe doing a Hogan spot and then the aforementioned uh, Sammy Zayn spot or El Generico spot. Um, let's see. I felt like it was weird because Joe had control about 80% of this match. Um, and then with Joe just outpowering Punk at every chance he got. But eventually Punk hits the Pepsi plunge to get the pin and the win. Jose, your thoughts on this match? This was a lull so far for me. Um, has Has Punk always been so shaky? Uh, upon his landings if it, it feels like he's not as solid like his foundation is not as solid as he used to be has he always been kind of rubber leggy do you know i mean maybe a little bit but not nothing that i've kind of noticed okay well i mean but... you know it, it's it's about time that ring rust should be shaken off and he's still showing some signs maybe it's just signs of aging um none against him you can wrestle until you're 60 like a la sting but you know for uh, or his legs were tired because he was taking the fucking tram, the subway. <laughs> he was the on the tube. train all day. Yeah. He was taking the tube looking for his, his, his hotel. He was on the metro. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. I but yeah, I think it feels to me like he's lost a step. Uh, I'm not feeling this match. I wasn't either. I didn't think it was a good opener to this show, especially yeah. all the homages and tributes. I was a little, uh, mm-hmm. little off. They, they both did the Hogan thing. Like Punk did the whole, you know, the ear thing. And yeah. then he dropped the leg. He did the leg yeah. drop. And then, and then that's right after that's when Samoa Joe did the you. Yeah. Yeah. The Hulk up type deal. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I don't know if they were just trying to play into like, oh, these guys, they know Hulk Hogan. I, I don't know. That's a horrible idea. If, if, that, their, if that was their. Or like they, they, they know Hulk Hogan. They know Sami Zayn. They know. I, I, to mm-hmm. me, it, yeah. I didn't like those spots. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I didn't like this match that much. Uh, but we move on to the next match with Bullet Club Gold and Konet, uh God, I always mess up his name. Was it Koneske? 
dude, don't even ask because I've, I've as many times as I've heard it, I still can't say right, and it's spelled differently than the way it's pronounced. Takeshita, Takeshita, Takeshita. Yes, Bullet Club Gold, Bullet Club Gold, and Takeshita uh, defeating uh, the Golden Elite, uh, Kenny Omega, Kotobushi with Hangman Page. I mean. That was a good match. Uh, Page and Omega continue to look very good together, working together. Abushi, however, I feel like hasn't been his uh, self since leaving New Japan. I believe in uh, 2019 or 2020. Yeah, he's uh, gained. He's gained a little bit of weight. I'm not. You know, I don't want to be picky, but he's gained a little bit of weight, and that might have slowed him down. And I'm sure he's lacking practice and you know ring rust again. Well, I mean, it's it's noticeable in a guy like Kota Abushi mm-hmm. when he was very very thin. He was like, the, yeah, and he was, and he wore like the tiniest little trunks ever. <laughs> no. Like he wore tiny trunks, and now I'm like, those trunks are a little bigger, and yeah. uh, you know he's a little thicker, and that's fine. Uh, but he, I think he should just try to evolve with it. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, stick the same yeah. old thing. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, and even at one point when they did him and Omega did their double moon salts, uh, Obushi slipped on the ropes and had to go to the mm. bottom rope to do yeah, it to the I outside. Saw that. Ouch. Uh, the ass boys distracted hangman page from hitting the buckshot. Cody tries to hit the, uh, Kamagoye on Takeshita, uh, but he, Takeshita hits the jumping knee to Kota Abushi. And then as Kenny Omega runs wild on bullet club gold, uh, Takeshita just runs into the ring and rolls up Kenny Omega for the pin and the win. Uh, I thought it was a hell of a match. I'll be honest. Like everything about this match did look good, except for the couple spots that we talked about with, uh, Abushi. Um, just thought the ending was a little abrupt and, um, I wasn't a big fan of that. However, well, t- it is leading to the one-on-one match with uh, Kenny Omega and Takeshita at All Out. Well, t- Takeshita really recovered really fast on that last one, right? Yeah, like no, he, definitely. He, he totally recovered and came in with the roll-up. Uh, that was a little off-putting, but yes, dope match. I, I had fun. We're back on track, guys. <laughs> uh, then we go up to FTR defeating the Young Bucks to retain their AEW World oh. Titles. This was absolutely an incredible match with both teams hitting uh, their high spots, multiple uh, unforeseen knockouts, and even hitting each other's uh, high spots on each other. Uh, there was an uh, FTR trigger by FTR to the Bucks. Uh, Bucks hit the Shatter Machine. Eventually, there was one point where Mr. No Flips, Just Fist, Cash Wheeler, uh, he slammed hard into the mat after oh, hitting a 450 splash. That was wonderful. Uh, it, it was a lot of highs and lows because, like I said, you see people like Cash Wheeler going for that 450 splash, something he's not accustomed to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, completely backfiring on him. So after the Shatter Machine and a BTE trigger to FTR, the Bucks go for the Meltzer driver on Cash Wheeler, but Dax runs into the ring to save Cash, then FTR hit the Shatter Machine on Nick Jackson as he's coming off the ropes. They get the pin and the win, uh, kind of uh, taking the rubber match in the best of three series. Well, not Ooh, best of three, but... Nick really ate those knees up, right? That, that, he, he looked like he took it really stiff. Definitely. Uh, what did you think of this match, Jose? Contender for match of the year. This, you think this so? was, yeah, this was off the hook. I loved it. I had, I had a blast. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was both really good. This and the match before it were both just magnificent. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Uh, next up, Kenny o- or sorry, uh, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Penta and Eddie Kingston defeated John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Mike Santana, and Ortiz. It wasn't Penta. It was Penta Oscuro. No, no, no. It was Penta Ocero Miedo, and then he got knocked out, and then it was Penta Obscuro. Right? They got the win. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> well, I just shorted Penta for short. They're both. Yeah, they're both, both cool. It's confusing when you brief them both to Penta, you know, mm-hmm. but it's now anyways. Uh, <laughs> the match started on the ramp, Moxley brandishing a, a branding iron at one point. <laughs> I, I believe paying a tribute to Terry Funk. I hope so. Uh, that was my first so. thought. I, yeah. I don't know why else. You never see a branding iron. Terry Funk was the only one to do that. Yeah. Uh, Penta runs wild on Ortiz and Mike Santana. I just I couldn't get over like uh, Excalibur every time. Mike Santana, Mike Santana. I, I get yeah. it. You're trying to yeah. you're trying to get his name in. You're trying to make us forget that his name was just Santana. Once you Mike Santana mm-hmm. now, but it was just to me it felt like a little WWE forced, you know? Yeah, like when uh, they drop people's last names. Exactly. This yeah. is the opposite of that. Yeah. Or uh, just like. Um, Oh, look, like when somebody calls somebody, like, come on, 
come down to the ring, uh, Neville, the man that gravity forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Penta decided he uh, he wanted to do a little b- bit of barbecuing because he pulled out the kebabs, but instead of barbecuing, he just skewered up John Moxley's forehead, which oh my god, I don't think we've seen the skewers busted out kind of outside of Japan. Yeah. So that was really cool seeing that spot. I gasped. I cringed. I told my girlfriend not to look, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's uh, walking around I, with those things like, Rrr. I know what she would have thought by it. Uh, then while OC, uh, Penta, OC, and Trent were battling Moxley, Mike Santana and Ortiz uh, in or near the ring, uh, Kingston was battling Claudio Castagnoli uh, in the Royal Viewing Box with Wheeler and Chuck Taylor in the garage. OC tries uh, his OC, OC shtick uh, with Moxley, but Moxley quickly pulls out a fork and just repeatedly <laughs> stabs Orange Cassidy into the head into a bloody mess. That was vicious. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Sue rolls up to the stadium with her European van, uh, freshly and freshly baked cookies. Uh, you but gotta the, love the the London crowd chanting Sue. Oh, yeah, that was, that was great. So then, uh, after OC is a bloody mess, he eventually makes a makeshift glove made out of broken oh, glass and duct tape. I love uh, that. Let's see, see, I'm punk. Say something about that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was probably uh, sugar glass, I'm guessing. Oh, it, was, it turned into powder afterwards when Moxley threw it on the ring. It was just like <laughs> dust. They were like, God damn it. Uh, Kingston makes his way back to the ring with barbed wire, a barbed wire wrapped chair. Kingston beat down on Claudio with the chair, but is stopped by John Moxley. Uh, this is leading to a new side because usually Moxley and um, Kingston, they've come face to face, but they haven't brawled yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mox and Kingston go face to face. Kingston. Uh, hits a back elbow to Claudio. That's when Moxley tried to hit the paradigm shift on Kingston into the broken glass. But Kingston pushed Moxley through a table that was in the corner. Orange Cassidy hits the orange plunge to Claudio with the broken glass glove and gets the pin and the win. I mean, I think this match was just all around crazy. Uh, That being said, I feel like there was uh, a little bit of craziness that didn't really come with didn't really come with this match like it had with previous uh, stadium stampede matches uh, past stadium stampede matches saw them go to different arenas different parts of the stadium using things like horses uh, uh, forklifts uh, things of that nature and here it was just a hardcore match you know yeah no the, uh, I, I I get what you're saying but here's where the difference is usually they go to venues where they're in an arena and they yeah. move it they they move the event into an empty stadium in this case they started in the stadium there's nowhere to go except into your surroundings usually they're able to you know exit the the regular ring and then go into a, a stadium stampede yeah. stadium hence the name right so that's what you know kind of hampered them i'm not a big fan of these type of matches but man did i have fun on this yeah uh yeah. dude how about that that penta oscuro spot oh where they yeah I forgot broke, that. they broke the ladder yeah and he made it up and got back on that ladder jumped off and oh man no words no words this this match was dope man i'm not a huge fan of these hardcore matches but it sold me so yeah i wasn't a big fan of the penta thing where he uh kind of got the worked injury and then left and come back and came back as penta obscuro with all the red and to me it was just a little like uh, really yeah like this is yeah. you got a guy stabbing a guy another with a fork and you're gonna come out like oh i got i got a wardrobe change so i'm <laughs> all better now yeah yeah i don't know i dug it i thought it was fun no i did too i just if i'm gonna nitpick Okay. Uh, next up, uh, uh, you know, CM Punk and Samoa Joe, they're saved because this honestly was my least favorite match of the night. Uh, Soraya defeating Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Hikaru Shida to become the new AEW Women's Champion. So this was probably, like I said, my least favorite match of the night, uh, but it wasn't bad per se. Uh, Soraya comes down to the ring to We Will Rock You by Queen with her family. Yes, 
don't adjust your screens. The nights are on your TV. Uh, <laughs> and oh, and they're in all their glory. Uh, when the match started, it kind of seemed like a two on one on one with Soraya and Tony Storm working together against Hikaru Shida and um, and Britt Baker. Then it quickly broke down when uh, they both tried to pin Shida at one point led to bickering between the two. Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, though, was when Storm accidentally punched Soraya's mom, Soraya, in the face. Uh, Soraya then goes after Storm, uh, chopping and striking her. Britt uh, has this match won at one point, though, where she's locking in the lockjaw on Hikaru Shida. That's when Storm runs into the ring with the AEW women's title belt in hand. Uh, looking to break up the hold, but Soraya runs in, sprays the green spray paint in her face. She hits her her finisher, the nightcap, which is a stuffed DDT, uh, and then pins Tony Storm to become the new AEW Women's Championship. This is Soraya's first time holding the AEW title. I think this is actually Soraya's first time holding any championship since uh, being injured years ago. Yeah, yeah. This match was okay. It had some good storytelling. Uh, I mean. I love Karoshita and Britt Baker. Um, I don't know how I feel about it personally, though. The crowd was kind of dead at this point. It did happen after Stadium Stampede. And so, I don't know. At this point, Soraya winning, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It seems like Tony, Tony Khan is just trying to run 2010 WWE all over again. <laughs> um, at least with Christian, CM Punk, Soraya. Uh, Jose, what were your thoughts of this match? I really liked the match. I thought it was too short. Uh, I think it, it clocked in like at maybe nine minutes, 10 minutes. Um, if we ran a little bit longer, we probably would have got better storytelling. Uh, that being said, Saray only won to pop the crowd. Let's be honest. That's the yeah. only reason she won. Um, cool moment. I don't think it's going to, I think her title uh, reign is going to be short lived. Uh, Sheeta probably gets it back. Maybe Brett Baker. I, I maybe Tony storm in a, in a beef. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it better than the CM Punk match. I'll tell you that. Maybe I I'm, maybe I'm being biased. Yeah, I can't wait though for Tony Storm to lay fully into this new 1920s like uh, actress character she's doing. Yeah, she's looking good, right? Like where she, I want her to see her doing some black and white vignettes, like. Mm -hmm. Like I need to get ready for the new, <laughs> the new movie coming out. I gotta do it, you <laughs> know, things like that. You dastardly villain! How dare you! <laughs> oh my word! Uh, she, so she, she's outfit was dope. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they, they're even saying how she, uh, she does a lot of cosplay. I guess. Mm -hmm. Which Kenny Omega does cosplay. That's how they. Mm -hmm. I think they met. Uh, that's how they met back in the day. So I think when they were together, I don't think they are. Yeah, together. and she does that per performative uh, samurai thing right i don't have no idea have you, yeah I, I follow her on twitter um oh. <laughs> i mean x um yeah she does like a performative um almost like a kabuki type of show but it's very yeah. samurai centric and you know swords katanas that's where she gets the props from um yeah okay uh then we go up to the next match of the night uh swerve and christian cage with luchasaurus or sorry sting and darby allen defeating swerve uh and christian cage with luchasaurus in a coffin match um, I felt like this match was mostly Swerve versus Sting. Did you kind of mm -hmm. get that same feeling to, to you? Yes, yes. They, they uh, were with, the they were the main draws of this match. Yeah, yeah. With Christian and Darby just kind of playing background characters, at least in my mm -hmm. opinion. No, uh, no, no, I'm with you. Uh, Sting came out to Metallica, Seek and Destroy. Uh, I, I mean, so okay. I don't I ever out. remember him. I don't remember him coming out to Seek and Destroy. When did he come no. out to Seek and Destroy? Uh, it started in WCW. Okay, that's uh, what I thought. Uh, yeah, a little bit after the Wolfpack gimmick. Okay. So after the Wolfpack, then he got the Seek and Destroy. Like, he took a break, then came back. And then he carried that over to TNA Impact. Okay. Well, because he's full. Now. He is full Heath Ledger Joker mode. Where he, it's, it's, it's this weird amalgam sting. Because you got Seek and Destroy. You have the red and black uh, Wolfpack shirt on. Uh, then he's doing the TNA Joker face paint. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit of everything here. It, it, it's greatest hits thing. Uh, Swerve comes out to the live music stylings of Flash Garments. Uh, Swerve While You Drive uh, it apparently is a song. I, I, I don't know if it's about drunk driving, but I, I don't know. It just it's a little weird to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I did always like that song, though. I, I do love Prince Nana, the, you know, doing his dance when he comes out. 
yeah. it's great. Prince Nana's he, he's starting to wear off on me, uh, you know, because uh, or wear on me because I, I, oh, okay. I don't really like him. I like him a lot. Hmm. Um, it's a big nothing burger for me so far. We'll see. Uh, Sting and Christian have a face off eliciting a TNA chant from 81,000 people. Sting at one point uh, hits a splash onto Swerve outside on a table, but the table doesn't break. Oh, so because Sting... these European tables are very strong, didn't you know? I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think the U.S. just has a problem with our tables being flimsy. <laughs> there you go. This is a standard table around the world. Because every other country <laughs> in the world, they have these strong as fuck tables mm-hmm. that nobody could break. Yeah. Uh, so Sting goes back up to the ring and does a leg drop from the top. Uh, to put Swerve through the table, which oh, I yeah. thought he, was he's gonna break that table. Yeah, uh, that's when. Uh, oh, so sorry. Um, where we at? Here we go. That's when Swerve takes over. Eventually, at one point, he gets Sting in the coffin. He wants to bury the bat with him, which I thought was a horrible idea. Because I'm mean, like, why are you giving Sting his bat, man? That's, yeah. that's just that's some super villain shit right there. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when bury so- you with your shield, Captain America. You just wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh yeah, oh Thor, you're gone. Bury you with with your hammer. Yeah. Uh Sting uh in in is in the coffin. That's when Swerve slams the door shut, but Sting stuck his baseball bat uh between the opening of the coffin, uh allowing it not to shut. Uh so that's when he was saved at that point. Both Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne did briefly join the action. Sting dodges a 450 splash by Swerve. Uh, Swerve crashes into the coffin. We have a Scorpion death drop to Swerve into the coffin, but Swerve refuses to go down. That's when he he's trying to climb out of the coffin and Darby Allen does a coffin drop to the top of the coffin, smashing Swerve in between and uh, putting him back in the coffin to secure the victory. Uh, what did you think of this match, Jose? Fun match. I had a blast. Uh, one, one bone to pick. Uh, if Sting's bat kept the match from ending then swerves dreadlocks dreadlocks right yeah yeah not counted i thought the same thing thought the exact same thing uh i didn't write down because i kind of let it go (laughs) i didn't (laughs) think anyone else everyone would be like Corey, come on that's 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 but (laughs) thank you for bringing it up because i i saw that and i was like "Eh, it's not technically closed all the way yeah yeah, exactly still a millimeter Mm -hmm. there should be like um and it wasn't one dread it was like a few a few of his dreads Yeah. yeah So, uh, I thought it was a good match. Though it was, it was fun, you yeah. know. It, it is what it is. You, you're you're getting classic Sting. Uh, you know he's not gonna go like he did back in the '90s, right? Um, but he he took up a big workload and he looked good doing it at age 62 or wherever he's at right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we have Will Osprey defeating Chris Jericho in a singles match. Uh, well, I mean, Fozzie finally did it. They played in front of 81,035. <laughs> they could always say we played Wembley. Uh, Osprey comes out as the aerial assassin, kind of full British baby face here. Uh, Osprey uh, has control of the match early, hitting Chris Jericho with a drop kick, a sky twister, and eventually a phenomenal forearm. Osprey uh, looking for a stormbreaker, but Jericho reverses and locks Osprey into the walls of Jericho. Callus uh, attempts to distract the ref to protect Osprey from tapping, but Sammy. Uh, hits Osprey with the bat. So I thought was a great spot because it kind of just backfired on Callus and Osprey. Jericho hits Osprey with the code breaker, even hitting a Jericho cutter to Will Osprey. Uh, Osprey also hulks up, and uh, yeah, the Jericho cutter did not look good. I mean, he hit it, but uh, Osprey also, uh, I guess, paid homage to Hogan doing a Hulk up spot too. Everybody I don't know. I thought that. it was weird. Uh, and beats down on Jericho uh, until Jericho hits Osprey with a low blow. Uh, Stormbreaker to Jericho. Y2J kicks out a hidden blade to, followed by another Stormbreaker. And Will Osprey gets the pin and the win on Chris Jericho. This was absolutely a fabulous match. Not the match I of the night like I predicted, but Osprey, uh, hell, defeating Jericho, Okada, and Omega in the past few months. And he's going to be looking for a new contract soon. I see, you know, eventually one day AEW champion written all over him. Jose, what do you think of this match? Uh, Will Ospreay is getting propped up right now to be the guy in AEW. He is on the fast track. He's on a rocket ship. He is on his way. He, man, 
could there be two matches that contend for match of the year in one night? Uh, maybe possibly three. Hell of a match. Jericho could still go. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. we, we could we could say about you know a blown spot here or there, but man, he could still go. And you know what I was hoping for? Do you remember what? the old school walls of Jericho? Oh, the lion tamer with the knee in the, the back? Line, the lion tamer. Yes, yeah. I was hoping that would make an appearance. We didn't get it. Oh, well, but that would have made my that would have made my night. Yeah. Uh, next up, that's when they announced the attendance as 81,035. And then we had the Acclaim defeating the House of Black to win their first AEW Trios Championship. What? Uh, the House of ba- House of Black paid tribute to Bray Wyatt coming out to the ring with a lantern, and also uh, Malachi kind of wearing a similar uh, one of the similar masks that Bray wore, kind of in his later WWE gimmicks in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a House Rules match again. Tony Khan with his casino uh, terms, <laughs> yeah, uh, and the Acclaim select uh, no holds bar, which I'm starting to think this House Rules stuff is going to backfire is backfiring on. The House of Black, because uh, I mean, yeah, it already backfired here, but at the same time, it's like an automatic win match. You know, a a, a House of Black cannot win match. You know, mm-hmm. I know it sounds stupid, but you that's know. that. That was all their matches, right? They they I think they announced it a, uh, maybe a month or two ago where they any contender that they had, they would have the pick of the rules. That's how I understood it, or, or at least to, to make it to make it fair for their competitors. Yeah, they let they, them pick one rule or something. Yeah, well, it backfired here. Uh, let's see, all the men battle in the ring. Gun uh, teasing a dive. Julia Hart getting involved in the match, eventually receiving a scissor me timbers by uh, the acclaimed. I don't know how I feel about that spot. It was a little, it was a little random. I felt like it wasn't needed. It's very Dudley Boy nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the story is really about Bo- not about Bowens or Caster. It's about Daddy Ass. No, no, uh, no. Towards the- oh, not oh. Daddy Ass. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the badass. Billy the Gunn. badass. Get it again. Uh, towards the end of the match, though, the acclaimed hit two arrival plus mic drop combos to Brody King, followed by a famouser. All members of the acclaimed paid Brody to secure the trio's titles. I really, 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 really like this match because it seemed to me like what a real fight would be like. Uh, it was brutal. It was hard hitting and it was a little sloppy, but it was awesome in every respect. Yeah. All the three on ones that we got. That was really cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Both teams got, got a chance to do a three on one. That was really cool. Um, it was a fun match. Yeah. I can't complain. Um, very yeah. 90s, like I said, but, yeah. you know, everybody, you know, who we all need that every once in a while. And it was cool seeing the House of Black hand the titles over to the acclaimed afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, are the House of Black, are they faces? You know, mm-hmm. are they heels? We don't, I don't know. They're, they're uh, tweeners, let's say. Dude, have you noticed that we got maybe one heel win the whole night? Uh, who, uh, which one? Oh, Takeshita? Uh, oh, two. And Soraya. Okay. But yeah, is well, she really is a heel? Is she a heel? Like yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, would, say, I would say not. Yeah, uh, uh, Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, that's the only heel victory we've gotten so far. I mean, if you count MJF, but I don't know, he's no, been not now. Yeah. I mean, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> uh, so MJF, uh, next up the main event, MJF defeating Adam Cole to retain the AEW World Championship. Uh, at the beginning of this match, it was really weird because Taz and Nigel McGinnis got really territorial around London and Long Island. There was like even Taz, bit. like Taz was really like, "Hey, don't talk about Long Island," and then Nigel's like, "Don't you talk about London? Where do you think you are?" Uh, yeah, and they, they they hit dead silence after a little bit. It was like awkward. Yeah, like the mics got turned off. Uh, so as the match got started, both men put on their AEW tag team shirts. Uh, MJF and Cole put, um, like I said, they put on their shirts. Uh, they start off with a bunch of headlocks, running the ropes. Uh, MJF uh, gets a sportsmanship chant. Uh, but eventually poking Cole in the eyes. That's when things begin to break down between the two men. Both men had a uh, great near fall moments uh, with Adam Cole hitting a heat seeker on MJF, MJF hitting a heat seeker on Cole. Uh, MJF goes for the tombstone on Cole on the announcer's table, but he can't because it's his best friend. Uh, Cole reverses and hits MJF with the tombstone, but the table doesn't break. 
these <laughs> all those no those London damn, tables. London tables. Uh, then, uh, for some reason, the two men yell double clothesline and double clothesline each other with Bryce Remsburg just jumping to make the pin and, and, and counts it a double pinfall. And I, I was kind of like, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? When in history has this ever happened? When this, when ha- this spot, no. this spot didn't need to be needed too, because like, just like the Julia Hart, in my opinion, the match would not have made a difference if this spot did not take place. You know what they should have done? What? They should have counted to 10. Double yeah, count. Okay. Out. Okay. Yeah. That would have made more sense to me. Uh, and it, but have Bryce Remsburg kind of be like, I don't know what to do. This is the main event. And then have him be hesitant, have him be mm-hmm. reluctant to make that 10 count. But instead he just went one, two, three. Well, they both had their shoulders down. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And the announcer was, I guess it's a draw. I guess like, we all go home now. He's like, you're really going to have me tell 81,000 people to fucking draw Mr. Remsburg. Uh, that's when Cole asks for five more minute, minutes, but MJF says no five minutes, no time limit. It's sudden death. Oh, let's go. That's when the bell rings and they go back back and forth trying to steal pinfalls on each other. We get a ref bump and MJ, MJF realizes and goes to the outside for a chair. Uh, both men uh, attempt to Eddie Guerrero each other, which I thought was a great spot because uh, <laughs> MJF won that battle. Yeah, yeah, because he, uh, Adam Cole goes down uh, doing the first fall, like oh he hit me. Then MJF just wraps the chair around his head and falls down. <laughs> no, it his whole attitude, his whole attitude with that, he was like, "Well, I guess I'm doing better." Yeah, uh, Adam Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise, but uh, MJF pulls the ref in the way, leading to Adam Cole hitting the move on the ref. I don't know why he couldn't have stopped halfway through, but <laughs> yeah, momentum. It, it is really like a two-part maneuver, too. You it jump is. down and then jump again. Yeah. So, uh, and it's also like a part Canadian destroyer. So you need two people to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. MJF pulls out the diamond ring, uh, but quickly puts it away because, again, it's his best friend. And he does not want to screw over his best friend. Uh, but Roderick Strong wants to screw over MJF. So he comes out to the ring, low blows MJF. Uh, even Adam Cole getting hitting the Panama Sunrise on MJF right after this, hitting the boom, getting the visual 20 count pretty much. Uh, Strong throws the title into the ring. But Cole, he has a second change of heart. Uh, resisting to hit MJF with the title, but all of a sudden MJF cradles Cole and retains his title after the match. Uh, MJF went to console his friend, handing him the ROH tag title saying, Hey man, you know, you did great, buddy. You did great. Don't beat up on yourself. Here's we, it's all about these. It's all about these tag titles. We won. That's when Adam Cole threw the title out in a fit of anger uh, that leading to MJF becoming furious uh, throwing the world title at Cole saying, if this is all you want, take it. And then turns his back on Cole, leaving, uh, Cole wide open to take the shot at MJF. But that's when Adam Cole just can't, you know, he apparently had a dis- uh, discussion with uh, Dr. Dre and Eminem because he had a discussion <laughs> with his conscience, mm-hmm. uh, and decided not to hit, uh, to MJF with the title. Or yeah, hit him with the title, and then two men hugged, and they walked off together, holding the ROH tag team titles. Uh, this was another good match for the night, but with a sudden finish. I thought, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know how I felt about the finish. But what did you think of the match? Can there be three matches in one show that can be considered best of the year? I mean, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. This match, you, you know, the the best part of this match was how we got swerved. Now, how do we get swerved? How many times did we know we knew MJF was going to break? Yeah. And he was going to turn and he was going to be evil MJF. Just yeah. like we always know. He he fought it and fought it and fought it and didn't break. Never broke. He is a brochacho. So- and <laughs> that was a great storytelling. Great storytelling physically. Um, and you know, with the microphone right on the stage, you can call it that super helped. Nobody had to grab a microphone and be like, you were my friend. I trusted you. Yeah. 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 One thing that I did notice on MJF's, he has one hand taped and the other one all the way down. Yeah. The tape rolled up and there was a big ball that looked like it could have been a ring in that tape. 
Oh. I'm thinking maybe it was a spare, a hmm. spare ring in case he lost the one in his underwear. Um, it, it was a weird bump that I've never seen on anybody's tape job. So that, you know, just something that I've noticed. Uh-huh. I mean, I thought it was a great match. Uh, the end of the match, we all got swerved. We all thought, like you said, somebody was going to turn on somebody and it just wasn't. It was just these two guys who were friends and they thought they were going to screw each other, but they didn't. Yeah. So, and, and Adam Cole tried his hardest to be, well, to be the heel and get that heel heat, which he got. Definitely. Both both can do both roles very good, very well. And they both did both roles very well. Yeah. Uh, then we move on from All Out uh, to some rather unfortunate news that mm. uh, the entire wrestling world has, uh, has kind of pretty much been aware of since it happened. Uh, we start things off. I'm not going to go in sequential order. I'm just going to go in what I want to talk about first. But sure. the passing of... Uh, Former WWE champion Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, sadly passed away at the age of 36 last week. Uh, the announcement was made by Triple H, uh, conveying the news on Twitter, stating that Wyatt's father, Mike Rotunda, had informed him of the unexpected passing. Levesque uh, requested the privacy of the Rotunda family. He said, received a call from former WWE Hall of or from WWE Hall of Famer Mike Rotunda, who informed me the tragic news of our WWE family and member Bray Wyatt. Um, Wyndham Rotunda, you know, he's passed away, uh, unexpectedly passed away earlier today. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Uh, it was then reported by Fightful that Wyatt's passing was due to a heart attack. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp shared that Wyatt had experienced complications from COVID-19 earlier in the year, which exasperated the existing heart conditions that he had. Uh, despite uh, initial positive progress in the recovery, he suffered that fatal heart attack. Wyatt uh, had been absent from wrestling since February due to the undisclosed illness, which Fightful then reported at the time was both career and life-threatening. Uh, although his condition had improved significantly, he remained under close observation by WWE and medical professionals due to concerns about his well-being. Um, his father, Mike Rotunda, expressed hope for Wyatt's return in a recent interview, but you know, Wyatt, uh, who had returned to WWE in October for extreme rules, uh, back in 2021, after being released in 2021, he was a one-time WWE champion. He's a two-time universal champion, uh, portraying just multitude of characters, the fiend, you know, the leader of the Wyatt family, um, you know, alongside Eric Rowan, Braun Strowman, and, uh, the late Luke Harper, Brody Lee or Brody, uh, Lee. Yeah. And even uh, Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan playing mm-hmm. roles in the White family. Uh, he survived by his four children, his fiance, uh, uh, Jose. Is it Josanne? Josanne? Jojo. Josiane. Yeah. Josiane uh, Offerman and his extended family, including his father, uh, including um, his father, Mike, his mother, Stephanie, his bro, his brother, Taylor, which is Bo Dallas and his sister, Mika. Uh, I mean, this, like I said, this is an absolute shock to everyone. This is kind of one where it, it, it hurt. I think everyone a little bit, uh, a little bit harder than the Terry Funk, you know, the news of Terry Funk the day before, because with Terry Funk, we, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say we saw it coming, but we all knew that Terry Funk was not in good health in recent years. And we knew our Bray wasn't in the best of health, but we didn't know it was like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw his whole career just kind of flash before our eyes um and and to see him just kind of gone at this point it's crazy because uh he really was the one of the most creative people i think in wwe or in wrestling in the past 20 years uh jose what do you what what do you anything you want to say about bray wyatt yeah man you know condolences to the family of course family the kids man i feel bad for the kids uh being a dad myself i know uh how tough that must be on the family um yeah dude first ballot hall of famer in his young career only 36 and, and i could i could say honestly that i feel he's a hall of famer uh, i think so, he'll probably be inducted this year yeah 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 uh, totally and he should be um his contribution is way beyond what his age should give right this is usually around 36 is the time people are hitting their peak or they're you know they're at their max level. We're no, we're about we're about to hit our peak. Or, you know, thirty eight's our, our peak. <laughs> I'm thirty. I'm thirty six. That's what yeah. uh, you know. It's crazy to me. Like, dude, that's scary. Yeah, I'm older than I was older than Bray Wyatt, and like, yeah, dude, and there was so much left in the tank. I feel um, there was so much left creatively to, to tell. 
Um, and to get that yeah. cut short is, you know, it, it's a disservice to him and his legacy. But he does have a legacy. It, he is going to live forever in our hearts, in our minds, in, in our DVRs. So um, I'm glad that he was around and I'm glad that I enjoyed him when he was around. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, it was shown how much uh, uh, Bray meant to everyone with everyone kind of showing their, uh, you know, their their grief. Uh, both, you know. both companies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of even uh, AEW calling him Bray Wyatt on TV, not holding back, you know, just you, they, they did call him Wyndham Rotunda, but they also they said better known as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And I think a couple uh, of people wore the Bray sleeves, right? Exactly. Oh, who wore the one where it was like Bray, um, Brody, Brody, and uh, Jay? I think it was one of the. Uh, it was someone in FTR, wasn't it? I think. I think it was. I think it was Dax. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. And to see him, and you know, now, and the one thing that kind of bothered me. I know people were grieving, and everyone grieves in their own ways. But there was a lot of people like right after he died, people were like, "Well, at least he'll be with Brody now." And it was kind of like, "All right, guys, it's a little too soon." I, I don't know, like. I guess it's all what you believe and I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he was kind of like that guy in high school, you know, like he's kind of like that guy in high school. We all kind of knew him. We all kind of felt what he felt because he was so emotional, you know? Uh, and then he left a lasting impersonation on everyone, mm -hmm. whether you knew him or not. And now he's just gone. Flash of yeah. the pan. Yeah. Well, you know, celebrities tend to do that when they're around. Everybody gets this connection with the particular celebrity because we see them on a you know everyday basis, almost as if they're, they're like a friend. Yeah. So I, I understand that connection and how people could make that. That uh, I don't want to call it an error, but, you know, the misstep. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it's just. Uh, yeah. So it very sad. Uh, we also, like yeah, I said, I had a hard time watching SmackDown. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of feelings like uh, it, it's kind of sucks that when you know when everyone knows that you're like the wrestling guy at a news place because mm -hmm. everyone was coming up to me. What happened? What happened? What happened? You mean times had to tell that story the other day at uh, work? Yeah, like uh, I'm sure. Then at first it's like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Oh, because the, the thing that was most that kind of was like the most shocking out of it is this is the day it ha at, right after Terry Funk passed away, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and um like I said, with Terry Funk passing, it was a little different. He was 79 years old and we kind of knew it was eventually coming. Mm -hmm. uh, Mick Foley confirmed the news on social media, um, said he spoke with Funk's daughter, Brandy, uh, fully expressed his deep sorrow and described Funk as a mentor, idol, and his closest friend, praising him as one of the greatest wrestlers to have ever wrestled. Uh, his passing was prompted by tributes throughout the wrestling community uh, throughout his career, Funk received various honors, including the Iron Mike Mizukri Award. I'm totally pronouncing that wrong. And the induction into the Hardcore Hall of Fame in tw 2005, as well as the entry into the International Profes Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2021. He was also honored by Tokyo Sports with Lifetime Achievement <laughs> Award in 1983. Wow. <laughs> uh, Funk's legacy was uh, is as believed to be one of like the legend of professional wrestling. Uh, I think he's going to be known as the king of hardcore wrestling. I think you know his father was Dory Funk was known as the king of the Texas Death Match. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, let's not be honest though. Let's like let's not beat around the bush. Funk did like he was known outside of the ring too. You know, in a like in the movie of like movies and TVs. Uh, the list of his roles in movies, um, he was, that's not movies, that's TV. He okay. was in the movie, the ringer. He played Frankie in the ringer. I don't played, remember that. He played Frankie, the thumper in paradise. Wait, he was in the ringer. Yeah. I don't remember that. that that's the Johnny Knoxville film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a fan in Friday night lights. Uh, he was Morgan in active stealth jungle ed in mom. Can I keep her? <laughs> uh he played morgan in roadhouse which i think is probably his most notable role or bearded cowboy in time stalkers oh he was also an over the top played rucker uh, he's in tv shows uh quantum leap swamp thing hmm. uh tequila and bonetti never heard of that uh the adventures of briscoe county jr 
Thunder in Thunder in Paradise. We all uh, know that one. Yeah, we we know that very well. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, I'll be honest though, it's a, one of those things. Terry Funk to me, uh, I didn't experience him a lot growing up, um, but I did kind of know him in the later years. Uh, I didn't want to watch a lot of ECW growing up, but I experienced you know his later stuff in WWE with uh, with Mankind when it was Chainsaw Charlie Chainsaw and Charlie. Uh, yeah, and uh, Cactus Jack. What did what are your thoughts on Terry Funk's career? Uh, you know, uh, I don't, I, I remember him from back in the day. I, I'm, I believe he did a little stint in AWA and WCW. I remember all those. Um, I remember, you know, the tape exchanges from back in the nineties where you would see the Japanese death matches. He was all over those. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, the one thing that made ECW famous though, is the very, um, uh, Infamous, famous, it's very huge moment where they ask him and Cactus Jack asked for chairs inside. Oh, yeah. Everyone throws chairs. Yeah. And just a mountain of chairs arrive. I mean, it was raining chairs. Great, great memory. Um, You know, again, thoughts and prayers to everyone in the Funk family. Um, he, he, He lived a long life, though. He was around for a very long time. Sad yeah. we lost him. Um, what can you say? Legend. Effing legend. Yeah. yeah. And then we look ahead to next week. Cause I said next week we got like just too many shows. Uh, WWE, uh, was it, um, payback? Yeah. payback. Yeah. will be, uh, happening next week on Saturday night. So I guess let's start with that one. If I could pull it up in time. Um, I can't apparently. Mm. So if I click 2023, there we go. Now I got it. It is on my, Six matches announced so far. Uh, Jose, I'm going to tell you the matches. You're going to tell me who's winning the matches. All right. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. I th- yeah, I think Becky Lynch is going to have this match, especially since Trish the last disappears. few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins defending his world heavyweight championship against Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura. He knows your weakness. Watch your back. I mean, it could be. It's a new era for the title. Uh, we could see it change hands. I think Seth Rollins is going to retain the title. I don't see a reason to take it off him right now. I, I uh, think I'll, he's going to break. I think he needs a little bit of a vacation. He's been working super hard for super long. This gives maybe, him a chance. Maybe him and Becky can go on a vacation after this. There you go. Um, did you see, though? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you watched Raw yet, but apparently I Seth haven't. Rollins came out with the Fiend uh, side plates on his title. What? Sure oh, I gotta see that now. That's pretty cool. All right. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus uh, Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's World Championship. Um, I personally think this is time to, for a title change. I think Raquel Rodriguez is going to defeat Rhea Ripley to win the title. I think Rhea Ripley needs that title to represent uh, Judgment Day. Uh, she is the leader of Judgment Day as of now. So she needs it. She needs to defend it one more time. Maybe shenanigans. Ray Mysterio uh, defending his United States title against uh, Austin Theory. Uh, seeing how Austin Theory kind of lost it to Ray a few weeks ago, I think Austin's going to win it right back. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, uh, Austin Theory win, but it comes with a reboot. He's yeah. going to get rebooted somehow. Uh, LA Knight versus The Miz in a singles match. Uh, LA Knight, I of guess. Course. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, recently announced Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Versus Judgment Day, the team of Damian Priest and Finn Balor for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. I mean, I'm going to go with another title change. I think uh, Judgment Day wins these ones and Rhea loses hers. Oh, wow. So Judgment Day just ends up in shambles like that? Ooh. Um, I think your little buddy, what's his name? What's the Finn's oh, little buddy? Um, God. Uh, he was Chris Benoit. <laughs> God. No, sorry. JD, JD McDonough. Yes, yes. I think he gets involved and costs Judgment Day the titles. Okay. Uh, so I said we also have – we had payback, but, you know, one week after All In, we're getting all out. Oh, and I'm all spent. Got to go in to go out. 50 fucking bucks both weeks. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus defending his TNT title against Darby Allen. Uh, what do you think? I don't see Darby Allen win, winning this. I don't know. I why. don't either. After, after an event where we have a full face uh, wins across the board, Luchasaurus wins. Uh, Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs in a clash of the hosses, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think 
I don't know, man. It's like the both both these guys have a stop and stop stop and start push on them. Uh, I would rather powerhouse Hobbs win, but what do you think? I would rather powerhouse win, but Miro needs this so bad. He needs this win. Uh, Chris Statlander defending her TBS championship against Ruby Soho. I don't know. I mean, with the outcast uh, in shambles now, uh, seemingly separated, I can see Chris Satlander defending her title and keeping it. Yeah, I see it too. This is what her second defense, maybe? Uh, something like that. Unless I haven't been paying attention, which I totally haven't been paying close attention to. I'm not watching like Rampage, so. Yeah, I'm not me neither. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy is uh, defending his international title against, uh, it's a three way match uh, versus Penta Osea Romero and John Moxley. Um, so this is going to be one hell of a match. I think this will be match of the, well, no, I take that back. Never mind. Uh, the main event will be match of the night. Um, yeah. what do you think of this match? I mean, you, you have to ride that orange wave. You have to keep riding it. You think so? Like, yes. I think it's time yes. to take the title off him. No, man. no, no. I, I think you could, you could last a couple more, uh, events. I, unless, I mean, he, he did get the, the pin this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll still go with orange. I think John Moxley is going to win this title. I think that'll elevate the title a little bit more too. It, yeah, yeah. It um, uh, but Penta could always take it to Mexico. I mean, he could. It is the international title, and it makes mm-hmm. more sense to defend it internationally. And that would yeah. be, that'd be cool. Oh wow! So it's a three-three and a third chance for each one of them. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Konesuke Takeshita. I always mess up his name with Don mm-hmm. Callis in a singles match. Only five ma- matches announced so far. What do you think of this match? Uh, I'm, I, I, I would like Kenny to win, but then, I, then what do you do? So to catch yeah. Yeah. to add intrigue into that whole beef and that whole uh, Don Callis uh, scenario. And yeah. this is probably Takeshita's biggest match, biggest singles match he's ever had. It is, and, Ke- and Kenny will be doing him a favor by uh, putting him over. So yeah, uh, I, I go there. And uh, yeah, it's weird. Like I said, it uh, doesn't seem like CM Punk's going to be on the show. Show in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, no world title on the show. Uh, so I wonder what the buy rate is going to be like for this one. I wonder if people are going to skip out for this one. I'm definitely not. I'm going to buy the show, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you're going to buy the show. I, uh, I have other means. You know, you yeah. acquired. Hey, hey I, hey, I acquired it. It fell off a truck and into <laughs> my hands, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be picking it up from off off a truck. Yes. All right. Well, I think that about does it here for us today. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week. Talk and payback and all out. Hopefully uh, no more breaking news this week. So for City Wrestling Radio, I'm Corey Smith. I'm Jose Oscar. And you have a wonderful day. Take care and see you later. Bye.